Welcome back to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. My name's Farhan, also known as Gunner Since 96. And joining me here this evening to discuss Arsenal's defeat to Manchester City at the Emirates is Monty. Um, Monty, how are you doing this evening? Oh, wounded. Um, yeah, just guided, you know. We had a great opportunity um, to, to, to really send a message, I think, to to everyone. Um and and really staple ourselves as proper title contenders. Um, go six points clear at home. Um, yeah, and we we didn't do that. But the worst thing about it is that we didn't even we. I think we played better. Like I think we were the better team. We just didn't convert and gifted them opportunities, but. I've had a cuppa. I'm f- I'm feeling a lot less stressed. I was uh I was fuming. I can't lie. Um, but there were there were some positives. There were some positives from today, um, which I will take out and I'm sure we'll discuss. But um, what about you, Fireman? How are you feeling? Ah, oh, um, it's it's difficult to explain how I'm feeling. I'm feeling that I wanna. Like I want to go five years back in time um, or 10 years back in time into my childhood where I grew up, um, uh, you know, in and around my council estate block. I want to go proper ghetto mode right now and really just release everything <laughs> inside of me. And I probably will. So this is going to be a sort of a different side of me that you guys probably, um, you know, haven't seen, which is fine. You know, this is a therapy show, and and so I believe, uh, you know, I'm, I am within my rights to take advantage of the therapy. Um, look, it's okay, fine, mate. Yeah. We all dabble with the dark arts every <laughs> now and again. First things first. Um, I'm flattered. I'm flattered that rival fans are taking the opportunity to milk this moment because it shows me two things. It shows me number one, we are where we are, and they are where they are, and number two. We're coming back so much stronger and harder, and they know it. Um, I've just been receiving a few messages from rival fans, people that I haven't heard from in months, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's great. It's brilliant because, it, like I said, it shows me that Arsenal Football Club are, are, are a force to be reckoned with. If there's one thing that I, 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 I learned from this game, if there's one thing that I can crystal clearly understand this very moment in time, is that we played, or we definitely made Manchester City look like a bang average side. Going into this game, I really um, assumed that this was going to be head-to-head, neck-to-neck. Is that the right way? Neck-to-neck? Yeah, I knew, yeah cagey. Head-to-head. Like it was just a sort of a 
very close. I, I genuinely believe that this was going to be one of those games where it was going to come down to very, very close margins. I didn't think that Arsenal were going to gift them the vi- uh, the victory from oh, our own stupid mistakes. But what I didn't expect, I didn't expect City to resort to such desperate measures, getting really physical, getting really aggressive, you know, not playing the football that we know that they play, but rather uh, playing route one ball, trying to lump it up to Haaland. Which oh, was, we had them on know, strings. In the, in the first half, I believe that we were, um, you know, by far the most dem- dominant side. We made them look so average and it, it reaffirms my belief that we will pick up points where they will drop the points. Um, they're not going to be able to go because they, I mean, th- this was, you know, credit to City because they played the occasion and at the end of the 90 minutes, they got the result because they did what they needed to do. But when they go to places like... I don't know, Fulham, when they go to places like, you know, dare I say, even like Crystal Palace or um, teams at the bottom of the table. They've got Nottingham Forest next. Oh, mate, you know, I'd be keeping a very close eye at that game because one thing I've learned about City, not just from this game, but this season is that they are not the City who are looking to win another league title. That's a very bold thing to say. And most of you are scratching your heads thinking, hold on, what's Farhan just said? If City are there to win the league title, they would have shown it this evening against us. They would have shown it against all the other teams that they've lost against and they would have shown it in the mannerism in which they, they, they play the game. They're mocking the sport. Pep Guardiola does not associate with that kind of football and it was such a, you know, a, a breath of fresh air to see Arteta outsmart his, uh, his mentor. Um, and we're going to obviously get into all of that um, and, and you know, dig into the, 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 the real juicy, meaty, um, you know, points of the game. But it's, you know, it's really right now difficult to compress the emotions because on one hand, of course, it's bitterly disappointing to lose at home to see in the manner that we lost it in as well. If it had been a 2-1 defeat, I could swallow that pill. But 3-1 is just, it doesn't show, it doesn't, it's not a fair reflection of what happened in the game. It's going to give ammunition um, to, you know, City and fans and you know I don't give a shit about what fans rival fans have got to say about us because the real football the real talk is done on the pitch um and you know I'm sure the boys on on, on the weekend against Villa are going to blow them out the, the the war and I do truly believe that we're going to come back stronger and actually there there is a bit of a silver lining to this defeat and one of them being that it's going to wake them up this is going to sh- you know send shockwaves um down the, the spines of everyone in Colney tomorrow. They're going to look at each other and say, we shouldn't have fucking lost that game, but we lost that game. Saturday, we go with no mercy. And I believe we're going to see a different level. Um, because against Una Emery as well. I, I truly believe that. I know it's it's, it's one of those places where uh, Una Emery's made it uh, you know, a bit of a fortress for them. I know they look good under him, but this isn't a, a case of Una Emery. We could be playing anyone yeah, on Saturday. Pissed. We need to be Yes. I think we're gonna go there with like re- like red revenge, you know, not yeah, just revenge, yeah, yeah. but we're gonna just go there just for looking for blood, just to make a point. Yes, you've taken us, you've taken you, you've taken our sport, 
you know, you're keeping it comfortable there for us. But we're going to come back and we're going to come back stronger. And I truly, truly do believe that. Um, I, I hope that we're able to, you know, leave all of the disappointments on this podcast and we're able to leave uh, this episode with a sense of uh, encouragement. I'm seeing a lot of meltdown on the internet. I'm seeing a lot of flip-flops coming out. Oh, um, they've always and- been there, man. You're both talking to Arsenal fan base <laughs> it's, and look, It's fine, but I, I just want to urge everyone to take this opportunity and reflect what happened in the 90 minutes. Not just... Um, you know, the fact that we lost 3-1, not just, uh, you know, a, a few moments of madness from, you know, defensive errors, but what happened in the whole entire 90 minutes? We played a game of football where we made Manchester City look um, not that great. Let's be honest. Both of be honest about that. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's discuss it in more detail. Um, I want to start off by talking about the starting lineup because there were some changes, and obviously, you know, we received news. Um, I think an hour before, a couple of hours before the starting lineup was released, mm-hmm. that Thomas Partey was not going to be available. Um, what what was your first reaction to obviously hearing that? When I first heard it, honestly, mate, I was worried. I was very, very, very worried. I mean, I came into this game confident I was like if like I came to confident I just thought we like oh looking at how we played in the FA Cup game um when we had six different players on the pitch we we play better than them in their own house but it's just typical city they just seemed to somehow get a result against us even though they don't deserve it it's like last year that they were at the Emirates we were way better than them and they somehow won at the end with Rodriguez um but seeing the lineup, I was worried. What I was confused about, and I understand Mikel Arteta's reasoning, um, but Tommy Ashley starting for me was a big red flag. Big red flag in this game. I mean, I'm all, I get it. He needs his minutes, but I just, I just think we need, we needed, um, we needed Ben White because Tommy Ashley was just a bit rusty. Yeah, uh, he hasn't really had the minutes like. I, I, I'm all for giving players minutes, right? And if he's been really good in training, he's been good in training. That's, that, there's no doubt about that, right? But wait, if you haven't got those consistent minutes under, you can't put him in in such an important game. And evidently it cost us. Um, yeah, but I feel like Arteta Art- Art- knew what he was doing when he was making that decision. It was a massive, massive risk to do that. And obviously he was trying to oh, catch of course, um, of course. Pep's I've bluff. Got, I've got nothing against that. nothing Arteta. I think Arteta today strategically and tactically outdid Pep again, again. Um, but we just lack the the quality that City has to just convert the small chances. I mean, and get you if. If it was Jesus, could have been a could have been a brace or a hat trick. Um, well, we only need to look at the front three and both sides. Um, you, you know, it's ridiculous to be playing a city side who have so much, not just on their bench, but Haaland, Mares, Grealish alone are nearly um, edging close to the three hundred mil mark. So when you're up against an attacking force who are near enough. Uh, well, a quarter of a billion against Inketia, Martinelli, and Saka, who a, com- a combined transfer fee um, of basically nothing, <laughs> you know, other than Martinelli. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 you know, what can you do? What do you do in, in situations like that? And I think a lot of people are, are, are making the point and are, 
um, even Arteta himself, you have to be absolutely perfect when you're playing against a city. city yeah. team. They can have a day off. They can play horrible football, but they will find a way because they have got players that cost an arm and a leg. You yeah, know? What, what you can't do, especially against City, and I think that we, it was the one bad thing, is we gifted them. Our, we, we actually gifted them the goals. They didn't outplay us. They didn't systematically beat us. Like like City of old, City and Arsenal games of old, where we would just get absolutely bullied across the pitch, defensive to hold. City recorded the lowest possession yeah. all season today. They recorded the lowest pass accuracy today. Yet they somehow won three one, and that comes down to the sheer fact of unlike every other team who's tried to play City this season, we actually tried to play them. Do you know what I mean? We weren't sitting there trying to do like a Tottenham counter attack and just try poach. Well, what the Which, impression that I got from the game was that Arsenal wasn't trying to play Man City. Arsenal were playing, playing their Arsenal own game, football, right? Yeah, we were just playing. Yeah, it's the first time I had seen not not necessarily even the first time, but it just reminded me again that we are on a, a we're we're on a, we're on a different level compared to everyone else. We don't need to go into games and you know play emotionally or get carried away with what's happening in the game. Mm-hmm. All we need to do is stick with our disciplines, play the football that we've been, you know, being being coached to play at Colney. The, the lovely combinations, the triangles, the ability to play it out from the back. Um, you know, just it's 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 it's, it's it is a real shame that we had to go and lose three one. Um because mm-hmm. like I said, the result doesn't tell Half oh, the story. No, no, definitely um, not. I think I think the main thing though was the like let's say for instance, if we do this game, the reverse fiction yes he had, and we have party and Jesus back, we win that game, in my opinion. Um yeah, and, that, that's and, that's, and that's and that's and that's not to uh disrespect Jorginho, because I actually thought he had quite a good game today. Yeah, he did. But he's a very different character to Party. Now this is how I'd say it with Party that first goal would have never have happened because Party would have been the player tracking back Kevin De Bruyne. De Bruyne he yeah. wouldn't have he wouldn't have let him leave his sight, so he never would have even got the opportunity to take the shot. Um, whereas Jorginho, it was man marking Gundogan and he was sticking on him because that they were using Gundogan to sort of um, in the middle so they could then go off him and then and then that's how they got to the next level. But he was shutting that down every time. Um, so very different, very different characters. Then we had Eddie, who had some brilliant opportunities. Just needs a little bit more composure. Um, yeah. It's not necessarily class because he. I do rate Eddie. I do rate him. But what we do need to remember with Eddie, he's not. And I'm, I'm, I'm seeing him get loads of tea. Everyone's like, sell him, sell him. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't need to sell him at all. His job is to be a backup and to push Jesus, right? Jesus is yeah. our striker. Yeah. Everyone knows this. He's doing great. He was fine. That, that was fine. It's just we lack that class. But if we do this reverse fixture with, with Party and Jesus, I think we win that game. And I oh, think the second, the second goal, um, which was the... Was it the second goal? Which was the Gabriel... Um, yeah, the... The, the third goal. goal. Was it the one where Gabriel... Part, was it the third goal? Gabriel passed it out and then it got shifted across to Jack Grealish. Third third goal. Was, yeah. Uh, no, and, and it went under Tommy Asu. It was the second goal, wasn't it? Because the third yeah. goal was... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the second one because then it came on ricochet off Tommy Asu. Yeah. If Party's there, if Party's in that game, Party is... And you, you can go through all the other previous games. He is about 10 yards away from Gabriel 
mm. in that situation so he can offload to him because he's a calming presence in that midfield. Um, and that's what we lacked. I feel like the centre-backs, when we got pressed, there were times where they felt they were rushed. Um, and there's no disrespect to Gabriel because I feel he's great and I've seen loads of stick for him. He had a bad game. Um, it happens. Doesn't mean he's a bad player. I don't think he um, was as bad as people are making it up to be. No, I'm, you have I mean, to remember who he was playing up against. Both of them, both Saliba yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, Gabriel. Yeah. Right for, 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 for one, Haaland was invisible. We we did not know where he was in the first half. Um, Saliba did an incredible job to keep him quiet. Not only that, they had oh, to yeah. make sure that Mares and Greedish were not making inverted runs, which they love to do. They love to get into the box, or they love to get as close to the box as possible. Gundogan as well, who likes to peel off De Bruyne. De Bruyne likes to peel off him. Then you had uh, Silva playing as a, you know, essentially as as a, as as a second winger, as a false, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, number seven. And um, they they uh, Saliba and Gabriel and Zinchenko to some extent, but both Saliba and Gabriel reduced City to playing those uh, route one balls. Otherwise, mm. it, it was, you know, they, they weren't able to play in and around us. And actually, I expected them to play between the lines with Jorginho there. Obviously, you know, we know that part A is, is, is integral to the structure of the system. And I didn't know whether Jorginho had the capabilities of keeping that discipline. And, you know, judging by the goals, maybe not as much. Um, he did mm. a fine job of, you know, keeping in terms of when 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 we had the ball being able to you know build up attacking plays oh and, yeah definitely um, what i liked about him was that and this is what he does differently to party party is, is more he's that secure presence do you know what i mean he sits at the edge of the box he can take a shot but he's very calming he's very solid on the ball and you don't dispossess it he hardly ever gets tackled Jorginho, what i liked from him is that the second he was getting the ball he was looking up and trying to he wasn't just trying to offload it to Xhaka or to Erdegaard, which is what that number six role is meant to be doing. He was looking for Edin Nketiah. He was looking for Saka. He was looking for Martinelli on the wing. Um, not all the passes came off, but the fact that he had the intent is, is a different. So it, depending on the, the game and what we're in, it could be good to bring him on or to have him on. But the, the, the main takeaway I'm taking away from all this, just sort of watching the game um, and the way it played out, if that was any other team in the league today and we played with that team, we would have beat them. Any other team in the league, I think we beat them with that team. Yeah, I agree. Because, um, yeah, there was, there was too much aggression going forward and there was too much... We were too silky with the way that we were getting the ball from the defensive half to the attacking oh, half. Oh, mate, the way that... Especially that first half, the way we were beating the press was just ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Um, and then... On top of that, not only just like the way the way we were playing, it was the it was the sheer passion. confidence, right? It was, it was, yeah, confidence. it was the confidence. It was they 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 didn't they weren't phased. They weren't phased by it, but it was as towards sort of the latter stages. And I think this is where the sort of the age comes into it, and the lack of experience in these high press situations. There was a bit of nerves that kicked in. You could feel it in the stadium. The second that second goal went in, all the atmosphere got sucked out. Yeah, and I think I think that was huge. That was that was a that was a there was a big turn in the in the game there, um, and it's you could nitpick it um, and say it was this player is this this player is that. End of the day, 
City converted their chances, right? We had chances to, yeah. to score. Eddie had two absolute sitters. Absolute sitters. One comes off his shoulder and another one he just misses. Um, on another day, he scores them, right? But when you come up against a team like City, you can't, you can't not do that. But what I'm taking from this is the fact that we gave City their hardest game, I think, all season in terms of we actually outplayed them. The fact that City only had, what, 36% possession. I would love to see the last time City ever had 36% possession. Um, and that just goes to show you the way that we can play. Um, yeah. But look, just, it was very frustrating. It's a very frustrating game. Very, very, very frustrating game. But there were there were some very good points out of it. Like Saka, again, he's just, he's just phenomenal, isn't he? Mm, yeah. um, to draw the fouls. I don't know how Bernardo Silva didn't get sent off personally in the first half. Yeah, he should have. I mean, I don't know how uh, Edison, Edison, you know, the, the Edison one I kind of get. Um, I, I the reason apparently, yeah. apparently, the reason behind it is because um, the penalty was deemed enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if it was like, if it wasn't a penalty, then it would have been a second yellow. If it was outside the box, it would have been like a red card. But because it was a penalty, it's like, it's a foul. But like, if you do anything again, mate, like, don't I mean time waste if that, you're off. Mm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too fussed about that. But Bernardo Silva, I don't know how he was on the pitch. Yeah, I, I, I do, I do not know how he was on the pitch. And that's just as well the fact that we're seeing Bernardo Silva and like you said, in sort of a a left back, like his heat map was predominantly fullback. Uh, on the yeah. left side, it was a bit more advanced than say a left back. It was like in between because he was being used to double up uh, with Saka. Yeah, that just goes to show. I think, if anything, that that goes to show how sort of pressed and how well Arteta is because Pep was giving him a lot of confidence. Uh, he was what's the word for it? He was giving him a lot of credit because he was actually countering how to do it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas normally City just played their way. They just play their way. They actually had to change the way they play to cut to accommodate the way that we play. Um, so again, there's, there's there's positives, and like I said, I've had my cup of tea now, so I'm less stressed. I was fuming at the start, but I'm 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 less stressed, and there's a lot of things to go to take out of it. And I know the players are going to do the same. Um, I know they're going to be fuming as well. Um, and I and I do hope that we do go on a big run now because we've got hang up before the Everton game, because Everton game's a game in hand, right? Yeah. We've got Villa, then it's it Bournemouth. Is it Bournemouth? Uh, it's Villa-Leicester. Oh, Villa, yeah, yeah, Villa-Leicester, yeah. then it's Everton. Then it's Everton, then Bournemouth. Then Bournemouth. So, the they are four very easily, easily winnable games. Um, yeah. Four is it, and we could bounce back, get ourselves back into a bit of a routine. Um, because what we do need to do, we need to have a good March. Because when we get into that that April time, that's that's when things get a little bit tight. So we definitely need to sort of pick it back up. And this, it could be a make or break for us. We can come out of this game thinking, oh, well, you know, they are the champions, they've been here before, and oh, well, we're just going to accept that they're going to win the league again. Or we can come out and it's been like, now, nah, mate, we were better than them. We were, yeah. we were way better than them. And like, they're going to drop points. Like, they're going to drop points. Like, um, well, look, I'm going to be keeping a very, uh, very um, close eye on their their games, their fixtures, because Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth, um, Newcastle, and Palace are then are their next four games. Sandwiched in between that, difficult. yeah, sandwiched in between that though, they've got FA Cup games as well as. Um, 
Champions the League. Champions League. So, um, I'm yeah, I'm 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 saying this now, and I truly do believe that City are going to be dropping points, where Arsenal are going to be picking up those points. So, um, yeah, and and you could see there were real problems in that City team, not just um, the footballing ability, but they were kind of out of sync. There was a moment where. Pep Guardiola was trying to give instructions to Bernardo Silva, Ake, and someone else. Um, and they, you could tell something was missing there. It, it wasn't quite right. The body language suggests that they're not all on the right on the same page. I do think that something is going on in the training ground. Something is going on between certain players. The Cancelo exit has definitely confirmed that, that they are having a tough time at the back, all singing from the same hymn sheet. Um, and this, this, this uh, supposed, you know, this victory of whatever sorts it was um, also confirms that. So I'm more than happy to give them a false sense of security because going into those games when they, they're expected to win, and this is where we've seen it. We've seen it when they, you know, when they lost to Spurs. I mean, I guess Spurs is, is, is a bit of a uh, different kind of situation, but losing to United, um, who else did they lose to? They, lo- uh, they lost to Liverpool earlier on in the season. Um, obviously that is a bit more difficult, but dropping points to, um, city earlier on in the season. Um, did I say city? I meant, um, Nottingham, Nottingham forest. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're seeing drips and drabs and, you know, plenty of signs that this is a, a, a city side that isn't, we're not familiar with, you know, we're usually, yeah. we're usually using terms and describing city teams as you know unstoppable they they go on these crazy ridiculous runs they haven't been able to go on any of these runs um this season as of yet so um but yeah before we start talking about these two halves what did you make of the starting lineup because i know party party was missing but as you mentioned uh tomiyasu was in for white um surprisingly Indian Ketia started the front three, I mean, remained the same. Were you surprised by that? Because I was expecting maybe for him to go a little bit rogue on that front. Um, what from City? Not really. Um, to be honest, I, I felt the biggest one was the fact that um, Gundo was in. I, I knew Mares was going to start. Mares has been phenomenal for them, um, and the fact that we kept him completely quiet, um, and the fact they with Bernardo getting us the yellow. They had to take him off, but to, to accommodate it, they had to take off Mares because they need Bernardo in in the centre and they had to bring on Akanji and all that kind of stuff. I think that was good. I, I wasn't really surprised by their lineup at all. Um, that front three has been good for them. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, I, was, I was actually talking about Arsenal's front three. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought no you City. Sorry. With ours, the front three... I, I, I kind of would have liked Trossard. Yeah, I think a lot of us were calling for Trossard. Yeah, it's it's not that I don't like Martinelli, and I you know I like him. I, I love yeah. him. I think yeah. he's amazing. Um, but what I what I've seen since Jesus has come out the team, he doesn't quite interlink as much as as say like Trossard does. And Trossard we've seen only in short spurts, but in those short spurts, it's exciting what he can do. Um. So for for us, really, it's now about how can we get the most out of them um, and get Martinelli back on track? Because if we can get Martinelli back on track, 
we've got a European campaign coming up in what three weeks, two weeks. Yeah. Um, so we need to catch back onto that. So Trossard's definitely going to get starting minutes. But I definitely think maybe for Villa, I think you start Trossard. You put Martin in on the bench and you bring him on um, just to sort of shake him up a bit. Because I feel like he just needs to be shaken up a little bit. Um, he needs to sort of realise that like, his place isn't safe. Mm. But he's a phenomenal player, like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's Martinelli. He's been amazing. Um, he's been amazing for, for for us all season. Uh, but I definitely see, I've seen a huge gap of sort of his productivity uh, since Jesus has left the team because when they were, when Jesus is in, him and Jesus used to interlink all the time. I mean, Saka just, Saka doesn't need anyone. Saka just does what Saka does and just beats people one-on-one and opens them up, assists and scores us. It doesn't matter what team he's in or who he's with; he will just keep being him. Whereas Martinelli, he needs, he does that sort. Of, he does sort of the the one twos, the cheeky one twos, the back, and with Zinchenko being on that left side, who loves to come inside, um, it makes it a little bit more confusing. That's why what what we're seeing, and we saw it in the Brentford game. We definitely saw it today. Martinelli, especially in the first half, Martinelli was. Um, I think he started getting a lot more success from it. Is he's now started to drift inside? Um, so he's sort of drifting side to inside and then is going out to the left and then they're sort of rotating because Zinchenko then goes into into the middle as Martinelli rolls out and Nketiah drops down to receive the ball. So he's sort of in that attacking left centre mid, uh, sort of accompanied with Shaka closely. So he can either turn past Zinchenko on the wing or he can turn inside past the Shaka or if he wants to, he can roll it all the way out to Erdegaard or Saka, defending on situation who's available so we're getting a lot more success from from there but I, I do just think it's a case of he needs a rest um i don't think he he's lost his way i don't think he's a bad player but what about you do would you see sort of would you want to see trossard sort of start next next game yeah i really thought that this this was the game where trossard could um i mean it became clearly of evident as 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 the first half went on, but I felt it, it was time to just just shake things up a little bit up top because you could tell in the last few games that we were doing everything right up until we got to that you know the edge of the box, um, and it would have been nice to have seen something a little bit bold where you know Martinelli goes into the middle, Trossard plays out wide, maybe dropping in Ketia for a game um, because it. it, it it seems to be a little bit too static without Jesus. The beauty about about having Jesus there, as you as you rightly mentioned, is that the ability to interchange flanks and different positions. Because at the beginning of the season, all three of them were doing it, and that's why it became really difficult for the opposition to um, man mark or to you know track certain individuals. Because uh, the moment you started to you know keep your eye on let's say, for example, Saka, he's he's on the opposite side of the flank or he's playing in the middle. Um, so, yeah, it would have been nice to have seen Trossard start, especially with the last few performances and the form that he's on. And then, you know, coming on later on and injecting some fresh energy, which was really needed uh, 10, 15 minutes before he actually came on. Um, yeah, I, I was a little bit disappointed that we weren't able to, you know, go a little bit more... Um, we weren't we weren't able to explore those options. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I get I guess you know having already put in Jorginho for Partey and, and Tomiyasu for White, he didn't want to maybe um, play around with it too much. 
But um, going into the next few fixtures, I do want to see Arteta be a little bit more, I guess, decisive um, with changes. And that that is that that was ultimately his downfall. Um, if if we want to pin it to one or maybe you know factors that contributed to the defeat, I think it was one of them was um, not making the changes quick enough early enough and not making the right changes. Um, Tierney would have been fantastic. And you know, at the beginning of the, before the, before the game kicked off, um, I, you know, I put on Twitter what I would have done um, with the whole party situation, which was mm-hmm. put Zinchenko in the middle and then Tierney on the flanks. Um, and I understand the risks of putting Tierney on the flanks because he overcommits sometimes. And so some, maybe you need someone a little bit more disciplined positionally. Um, but in the, in the, in the moment where we needed a goal, where we were 2-1 down, and you could see it was becoming really scruffy um, and we were losing our way a little bit, put Tierney on Trossard um, and galvanise that left-hand side. Because that left-hand side was their weakness. That their, their, weak, their weak spot was there on that left-hand side. On the right-hand mm-hmm. side with Saka, um, you know, they were getting f- sometimes free blue shirts were on him. So it was really difficult for Saka, although he made, he didn't make it, he made it look a lot easier than it was. On the left-hand side, Walker was on a yellow card um, and they didn't really show, you know, much um, concerns. There weren't, there, weren't, there weren't that much, you know, there weren't many worries on that left-hand side for them. Uh, in fact, who else did they have over there? They had, they had um, Walker and Mares, right? Walker and Mares compared to Grealish, Ake and Silva, um, you know, had you put on Tierney and um, Trossard for the last fifteen minutes of the game, I, I you know, I think I think we 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 may have seen a different um ending. But if but and, and maybes is what we're working with. Um, Inketia, obviously, we can't do anything about the Inketia situation at the moment because Jesus is out. I have to I have to say though, it was really nice to see Reese Nelson back on the bench. Um, and maybe. Yeah, it was. You know, he can play a key part going into the next few games as well. So anyway, enough about the starting lineup. Let's actually talk about the game itself because I was really impressed with the way that Arsenal started that game. Really well controlled, especially the opening three minutes. I didn't expect Arsenal to um, take control of the way of the game the way that they did. They looked really confident. Um, nice free-flowing passing football. City, on the other hand, looked really jittery, looked quite nervous. And they weren't, they weren't able to get on the ball quick enough. Um, and, you know, we were we saw very early on that it was Bernardo Silva who was effectively playing as a second um, fullback to 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 Mark Saka made a foul very early on nothing given um, City go on to create quite a dangerous attacking you know move from that um, foul which wasn't given Bernardo Silva fouls Saka again this is in the first opening ten minutes again nothing given. No uh, card either. Second time he'd found him. Um, City, um, yeah. They, then they 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 start to pick up possession. They start to see the ball a little bit more. Managing to break through the midfield a, a lot quicker as well, which I expected. But then what? What I guess what their downfall was 
was not being decisive enough and not being sharp enough um, when they got the ball through the midfield, losing it quite cheaply. And it kind of played into our hands because we were able to counterattack um, quite quickly and quite efficiently as well. And I guess that was a warning sign for them that if we're not going to be able to take our opportunities or if we're not going to use the ball good enough and we lose it to them in dangerous areas, they're going to take advantage of it. And so I saw that, you know, the tide started to change a little bit um, after the first 10 minutes with that glorious opportunity, you know, in Ketia, um, through on goal. Uh, there was the first one where Nketia goes through on goal. And I guess this is the issue that I have with, with, with Nketia. Um, I've, I've very, I've, I believe, I very much believe that Nketia's like a Marmite figure. You either love him or you don't love him so much. Um, I'm not going to say you hate him because, well, there are, you know, there are groups of fans <laughs> that do actually um, dislike him quite a bit. But Nketiah for me has a number of different qualities that's great to have, like his um, tenacity, his pace, his, um, you know, poachers, poaching ability. But there are some really key areas of his game that needs to improve really, really quickly. And as a striker, they're fundamentals. The first one is being clinical. The second one is being able to handle pressurizing situations. As a striker, when you've got centre backs and other um, individuals who are going to be who, who are going to try and you know put you off your game, you need to keep the compo. You need to have the composure to make the most out of the opportunities that you get and also decision-making abilities. Something that Haaland did really, really well in the last stages of the game was decide to do certain things um, that helped his team to ultimately score. Um, and this opportunity that I'm talking about very early on, Nketiah threw on goal. He decides to take a shot instead of playing the ball um, around to an open Martinelli in the middle of the box. Now I understand that this would have been this would have needed to have been a really really good pass um, for uh, you know for Martinelli to have received it, but it's just little things like that, little decision making um, scenarios, and I can't pin it pin it on his age anymore because he's not that young. I can't put it on a lack of experience anymore because he's got plenty of experience. He needs to start introducing these things into the game because when you're playing against teams like City, it's those little moments that count. Um, anyway, so there was that opportunity and then Ake heads into Nketiah. He literally, you know, full uh, force head... Um, what's that word when you headbutts his his but, foot yeah. right um and you oh, know, right. yeah, 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 yeah. nothing's given i get that's kind of a 50 50 but um you know Nketi is well well within his right to get the ball and uh, you know somehow ake decides he's gonna put his head into his foot um and then there's yeah the, the chance um before the goal where it's a pinpoint cross from zinjega and we're not going to be able to talk about this cross enough because the header was ultimately missed. But the cross it, like, it was unbelievable. from yeah, Zinchenko yeah. was... Got, that's got, that's, that should have been in the back of the net. 100%. Yeah, I, 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 I can't explain that. I was like, how did you miss that? Um, so it's not like we... It's not as if we didn't have you know, opportunities. I think um, so as well. I think was it wasn't even just Nketiah as well. Like, I mean, Saka even had a great opportunity in the, the first half and he just didn't shoot. Shaka had the same thing. Yeah, Shaka had the same thing. Well, yeah. yeah. He had a, just shoot. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if, if shoot, and if it either gets deflected, it can go anywhere, or you get a corner. 
Yeah. Just, just shoot. I think like we're, we're trying to be like a little bit, and it reminds me a little bit of the Arsenal of old. Yeah. Like, do you remember where you, you try and pass it into the goal? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to shoot. Sometimes you just need to like, fuck it. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes, if, if like you said, you get deflection, it can happen anything. Like, look, for instance, the second goal they scored, right? Jack Greenish takes a shot. I bet you if that was an Arsenal player, they take a touch and try and scoop it round. Yeah. Just on the one, bang. Tommy Asu then dives. It goes under his leg. It then bounces oddly. Ramsdale can't get it. That is why you shoot first go. You just shoot. And if it gets deflected, you might score. Mm. Another one was the um, Tommy Asu. Like five minutes after he conceded our goal. Um, yeah, in the box. That, yeah, perfect opportunity in the box. I mean, it, it literally had perfect. But the inexperience, he just shot, shot it in the sky. Like, if you got caught, you should you should hit that into the ground. It, that's a bouncer. Like, that, that that's a bouncer. Because either you go into the floor, and it bounces up into the corner and it's a goal because that's so hard to save bouncers. Mm. Or... It goes off a foot. It goes off here. Do you know what I mean? And it ends up at like one of your strikers' feet, or ends up as an own goal, or it, it can end up anywhere. It can end up anywhere. Yeah. But he's just lashed at it, gone straight in the sky. Yeah, it I'm just watching that... back the Inketia, um header. Oh, don't. And... It was... oh, do you know what? Do you know what's the most so frustrating open. part about that is he did absolutely everything, everything right. right, but the, the flight, the jump. The pace, the everything, right? That's Ed, that's Eddie, isn't it? He does everything right, bit. but it's just that final bit. Like we're saying that though, we scored our winning goal the last minute against Man United, but it, yeah. it just it just happens. Sometimes it just happens. But when you have a game like this, where your where your um your opportunities are f- f- come far less, far far less, and it's a lot cagey, and, and there's a lot on, there's a lot of stake. You're only going to get one or two chances. The, what makes you a decent striker to a world-class striker is you finish. You finish in those moments. You like say, for instance, if Haaland gets that header, that's yeah. a goal every All single time. day long. Every single times day, times. that is that is going in, no matter what. That's going across the keeper, low to the to the, it would have been to the left. No chance keepers getting that. Not a chance. Well, it doesn't matter where he puts it because the pace of the ball that's coming to you, oh, you yeah. just make oh. contact on it. And it, do- it doesn't matter where it is in the goal. So as long as it's on target, it's going to go in. Yeah. Um, in Haaland's case, anyway. Um, now, I'm having a look at this uh, goal that we conceded, the first goal. Um, we make a real mess of it because up until this point, um, William Saliba has done absolutely brilliant. And actually, if we're talking about the best player on the pitch for Arsenal, I think it was Saliba. Um, oh, he was brilliant. I think he was just so class to 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 treat Haaland the way that he did, um, and he did it in a way that didn't need to be super aggressive and super you know schoolboyish like like. But he let know, he let him know um, that he could be bullied. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And do you know what I really liked about him as well? It wasn't. It didn't seem like you know he was he was working particularly hard against these individuals like he would he would he would hold up the ball and he would dribble it down the sidelines before passing it before moving it along and no one could get close to him and I guess that just shows the level and um you know the type of superstar that we have um but this goal itself really unfortunate because it comes in 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 a situation kind of a dead ball situation really um you know Saliba heads it um back you've got Tomiyasu against 
uh, Grealish. You can argue that if Ben White's in that situation, Grealish doesn't have anything on Ben White because the pace is, you know, different, right? Uh, Tommy Asu obviously lacks pace in that area, in that in that um, in that department. So what happens is that Grealish puts a bit of pressure on him. And then the pass back is not great at all. And maybe that's the rustiness that you were talking about. And maybe that's a prime example for why, um, despite Ben White not having the best the best of performances, we don't swap him out for Tomiyasu because this is a very, very crucial game. And at least you know that with Ben White, you're going to be getting the bare minimum. And the bare minimum being at least match sharpness, being able to have the energy, the pace, um, and the stamina to be running up and down the pitch. Thing is, though, if you look at that first goal uh, with uh, Kevin De Bruyne, he was wide open the entire from the from the initial kick from the initial goal kick, and if you actually watch it again, you'll see Pep shouting at Edison, yeah. mm. shouting. He's like, "Bro, pass it to De Bruyne. He's wide open, right?" And they tried to make the extra man. That's why they uh, put. Uh, Bernardo Silva in that position because the way that we bring Sinchenko in they needed to bring an extra man in midfield so that's what they did but if you watch it right so Jorginho I think he's man I can't I haven't got it in front of me but from memory I'm pretty sure he was marking Rodri no he was on Gundo he was on Gundo and Xhaka was on Rodri if I remember correctly um, and um, Gundo had to push back um, to, to give Edison an option and then he ended up going over the top anyway and he went pretty much went straight back to the goalkeeper um, but if you watch, if if that was Party, right? Party, he will he would be on Gundo, but he would track back. He knows he knows the threat. He always sits in front of the centre backs. He would have clocked De Bruyne in open space, and he would have tracked that run. Um, that was that was the huge miss for us today. Um, so that's that's also a positive that I can take out of it as well. Is like, and I said it earlier in the pod, like we would, I think we would have beaten any other team in the league with that team. Yeah. With the way we, especially the way we played today, but the only thing we just lacked is the is the, the the finish and the quality. But like if we were against another team, they wouldn't have converted. Do you know what I mean? Because it is City; they only need one or two chances. Yeah, and, and they have what, quality. What was more impressive as well is after the goal, we were instantly, you know, responding with really, and it wasn't kind of we weren't forcing situations. We weren't acting desperately. Like mm. there, was a, there was a brilliant move straight after we conceded. Martinelli to Jorginho, Jorginho to Shaka, Shaka to Odegaard, mm-hmm. Odegaard to Saka, and then he, and then he, he, he delayed the shot, right? Oh, he should have the shot. It, it would have been offside, but to see that silkiness, to see that sharpness, to see mm-hmm. the intelligence and, you know, the, the no fucks kind of attitude, you know, like, fuck you. We're 1-0 down, but fuck you. We're going to come back into this game stronger. Um, yeah. And there were plenty of positives. Well, the, fan, the, fan, the fans were right behind him, but it was it was when that second goal went in, I knew the game was sort of done from there. Yeah. Um, I can't like it, You could feel it in the stadium. It, it was just, the atmosphere was sucked out of it. Mm. Um, and that's the one thing that's sort of been carrying us, I think, all season. It has been the 12th man. Um, and it is, a, it is a huge impact. And unlike, say, City, where they've got just enormous depth on their bench and they can just bring someone in and, they don't really have to rely on um, on sort of the fans or anything like that. I mean, it's City. They don't necessarily have the loudest fans um, in, in the first place. But the fact that they've got that depth is, is a lot different. And it, it was sort of evident today. Like, so, for instance, we had Jesus and Parsi off and we had to bring in, we had to have... Nketiah and Jorginho. Jorginho wasn't a massive drop. It was just better than Sambi Laconga. If Sambi Laconga was yeah. in there, we would have lost like 4-0. I'm not even joking. Mm, mm. Um, but when you've got like 
Man City's bench and they could if if De Bruyne gets injured they just put Bernardo Silva in that position and then they put Gundo and Rodri in midfield. Yeah. Do you know what funnily enough when 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 Silva moved um position who was taking off uh, Mares, right? When Mares came off yeah. that's when they started to come alive a little bit. So um I don't know maybe Pep's tinkering of um you know Bernardo Silva's positioning didn't work well, as, they, as they well. Pre- they pressed higher. They pressed higher. Yeah. They 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 literally just started pressing higher. They put us under pressure and that's how the, the second goal led to yeah. Um, was Gabriel tried to be a bit, bit techy, but smart? But sometimes in football, you just have to, you, you either just have to clear it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's all good trying to play it back, but sometimes you have to read the situation. Um, and I think, like, if it was a calmer game or another situation, he would have seen that there was four City attackers on the same line as three Arsenal defenders. Um, and he would have probably gone, yeah, fuck that, and just, and just cleared it. Um, and then it would have been a completely different game. Yeah, but these are things that happen, and we have to learn from those. But I don't think those things happen with if if we didn't have sort of the injuries every yeah. day. Yeah, today. What's your take? It's, it's... Yeah, sorry, mate. No, I was going to say. I just wanted to ask what your take was on the um, penalty situation because let me just talk you through what happened. Oh, so, Shaka puts in an incredible ball for for Nketiah. Nketiah, who was in on goal, uh, I think you know maybe five five or so minutes before that, um, where the ball mm-hmm. kind of bounces off his elbow. Um, so he's put in a similar kind of situation this time. Takes a good touch, um, takes a shot. It's cleared off the line, um, but because he runs into it or Edison follows well, ob- through obstruct- obstructs Eddie following up for on right the ball. okay so Edison obstructs Nketiah from going to the ball therefore that is a penalty later mm-hmm. on in the game Trossard is in the exact similar situation where he has a touch he needs to continue his run towards the ball Walker on the other hand mm-hmm. obstructs his run and no penalty is given because um, according to Dermot, whatever his name is, uh, you know, this is a contact sport, contact happens, and this oh, is being nat- natural, a, a natural contact, because Walker just happens to put himself in front of Trossard or finds mm-hmm. himself in front of Trossard. No, you look back, you can clearly see Walker uh, deliberately interferes and stops Trossard from getting the ball. It's exactly the same situation that happened between um, Eddie Nketiah and and um, Edison. Edison, right? So explain to me the difference between those two situations and whether you felt like, you know, firstly, whether you felt like it was a penalty or not. Because I have to be I honest, think, I, I, I think it was a bit soft, to be honest. Um, what, the Nketiah pen? Yeah. Mm. Really? Oh, I don't think it was soft. I think it was justified because the thing about the goalie, he was the last man. Mm. Um and yeah he would he would have gone round him and had a clearer shot so um but I think that ball was already gone I don't think he would have got there in time even if Edison wasn't there no it's the way that he came in his arm was flailing yeah um if his arm was in and whatever I think it wouldn't have been a pen but because it's flailing it was given as one the Trossard one is sort of a fifty fifty um I mean a bias me would be like yeah hundred percent that's a pen. I don't see it though. I don't. I don't understand how. Because it's, what, it's what, because... what is he meant to do? What's Trossard meant to do in that situation? He's done very, very well up until yeah, that no, point. You know, he, all that hard work to, you know, shimmy his way around and maneuver his way to, into that position, and then for someone to just be in front of him and just shove him out of the way, um, seems seems you know a bit 
I don't know, like in that. Yeah, case, no, I get you. I think it's because as well, it wasn't sort of the last man. Um, but I think if that was a, given as a pen, I think it would have been really soft. It's just when I was looking at it, and I get what it means by sort of the natural contact. It was sort of like a shoulder to shoulder, um, side on. If it was like it kicked through him or anything like that, which there really wasn't, it was more just sort of force. Mm. Um, I can see why it wasn't given, um, and I'm not. I'm not going to sort of like bicker about that because like we had our chances at the end of the day, um, and we just didn't convert them. Uh, which is frustrating, but it's yeah. um, stuff to take to a drawing board. And if anything, we can still get better. Um, but Good it's pen high l- from Saka. Oh, brilliant, mate! The thing I loved about it when I was watching, it, even before, because it all blew up on Twitter after, everyone was like, Ed- "Edison was just pointing," and I watched it. I was watching him the whole time, just pointing. Like, I mean, he was pointing to his right, but he was pointing to Saka's left, mm. and he was going, "Yeah, go to left, go to left, go to left." And he dived right, and Saka's just gone, "Oh, fuck it, yeah." literally just slotted it calmly side footed it far left low there's nothing you can do about it calmly calmly as you want um no i'm really 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 chuffed for that and what about the penalty decision that went against city very soon after harlan fumbling Uh, in the box um with um gabriel gabriel yeah um yeah it's offside i mean if it, it was a pen, 100%. We were very lucky. We were very lucky. But thank God this week someone drew the lines yeah. um, and actually established that it was offside. And VAR did its job properly, um, which was amazing. Um, but yeah, no, it was, we got off very, very lightly with that one. Like, we were very lucky uh, because I, I when I first saw it, I went, oh, shit. I was like, that's a pain. I mean, they were grabbing each other 50-50, but because it was sort of last man, it's always going to go in favour of the attacker. It just always is. Mm. Um, so I think we were very lucky, to be honest, with that, because the ball over the top was great. Um, it was a, I can't remember who who did it. Was it um, Diaz? Was it from Diaz? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. Uh, it was a long, but it was a long ball, though. Yeah. Um, and yeah, literally... Harlan just uses his strength, got on the right side, and but they were both grabbing each other. It was a bit of a 50 50. Um, so people say, Oh, as I found Gabriel, Gabriel fouled Harlan. They both fouled each other, let's be real. Yeah. Um, but I think the only thing is it would have been is it wouldn't have been a penalty because the contact was outside of the box, mm. was initiated outside of the box anyway. Yeah. Um, so it was probably going to be a free kick, but luckily it wasn't anything because it was an offside and Gabriel didn't get a card. Um, which was good, but I think in because that was in the no, that was the first half, right? Second, that was that was no, was, yeah, that was second half, yeah, because Man City were attacking, right? Um, yeah, that second half, we just we just dropped. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to, yeah, I, I wanted to yeah. move on to the second half because obviously in the first half we played so well and unbelievably we, well. You like, know, I, I I thought we were going to go on to win. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that you know no. it was one one um, when we went into the second half um, and 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 actually it started off a little bit on a negative front with with Tommy Asu receiving a yellow card for you know God knows what I'm still trying to figure out what he was given a yellow card for was it time wasting was it the fact that he took it somewhere where he shouldn't have. Um, you know, I'm pissed off at everyone today. So uh, I'm going to pick out, you know, any, any little thing. But 
um, they, I, I definitely saw um, a different side to City and not in the quality of the way that they were playing football, but they had, their approach to the game was a little bit different. It had turned to, to it turned to dirty more tactics. kind of, yeah, dirty tactics, very physical, very aggressive, right? And and trying to um, put, frustrate. Put us, yeah, frustrate and put Arsenal off. And and they, they weren't doing, you know, a very good job of it, of it in terms of, you know, winding us up. Um, but it it worked in the sense that it put us off our game. It, distri- it disrupted the rhythm and the flow of the way that the game was being played. Because in the first half, they tried to play the football. It wasn't working out because they weren't able to get through the final third or they weren't able to mm-hmm. make much of getting the ball into the final third. They were being very sl- sloppy or losing the ball in possession. Um, and so they realized, I think, in the second half that, right, we can't play their game. We can't play the game um, at their pace um, or at our pace. So what we will do is we'll disrupt their pace as well. Yeah. And then we'll try and wish, we'll try and hope for uh, a little bit of quality with the 300 odd mil um, trio that we've got up front. And <laughs> that's basically what happened. Were you, were you um, surprised that Arteta didn't make changes earlier? Um, yes. Then he should have, because this yeah. isn't the first time. I mean, this is the third game in a row where changes are being made really late when they could have been made a lot earlier. And why I mean, is that as well? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not really surprised because Arteta loves a late sub. He always brings him on in the 80th minute. Yeah. Personally, Tommy Asu needed to come off after the 50th minute, in my opinion. Yeah. It just needed to come off. Um, I would have even maybe brought him on in the second, brought him off for, for the second half. Then you needed to bring Trossard on around the 65th, 70th minute. And then the 80th minute, that's when you bring on Vieira. Um, because that adds another 10, effectively, for us. So, But to bring them all on sort of in the 80th minute, I just thought it was a bit of a waste of time. Um, because it, it was like too much change too quickly. And uh, they, they, the players were already in a rhythm and it sort of changed the pattern. And we never got going again. Uh, and, that's, and the fans mm-hmm. were dead quiet because they, there was nothing to cheer about. Um, so yeah, I, I do think he should have maybe brought some people on earlier. Um, but that's just nitpicking because to be honest, I think Arteta did a phenomenal job, um, sort of like with the, the tactics and the way we set up, he, like the way we set up outplayed City a hundred percent. Yeah. And this like, is the, this we, is the we, conundrum we, we, with we, Arteta, yeah. I guess. Like he is an incredible tactician. He's a mastermind yeah, yeah. Uh, planner of playing the game but his game management abilities um are still yet to be refined i feel like i feel like but i think but would you say instead of instead of maybe his game management, would you say that's maybe he doesn't have the trust in the bench well i I think it's it's a it's a mixture of trust and experience as well because you have to remember that this is his first job like i know he's been here for three seasons but he's He's been in. He's been here for three seasons in the middle of a project, with the first phase being, uh, you know, having to deal with the God. crappy, shitty team that he had. The second phase right. being shipping them all out, and the third phase being bringing in his own players and actually introducing his style of play. So he's got all of that, but now we need to see some real um, decisiveness come into play so you know 60th minute for me would have been the absolute latest where uh Tommy Asu stays on uh, yeah. take off Tommy Asu he, he he's not being able to you know 
um, solidify himself there up against a City team. Who, yeah. You know, he was on a yellow card anyone as well, else, right? Anyone else, he would have been, yeah, he was got a yellow card. He would have been fine against anyone else. I just think in this game, because of the lack of minutes he's had, it was just the worst time to start him. Mm. And then also, you know, Martinelli still being on the pitch um, for me, like, and he wasn't terrible, but there was just, he was just missing that bit of explosiveness that Saka was shown on the other side. Trossard coming on the 75th minute was obviously a little bit kind of like, what's the point? Because Grealish had just scored as well. Um, And then... To be fair, he wanted to bring him on before he scored, but... Ah, okay, yeah. Yeah, like he, he was all, he was lined up on the sideline. Yeah. And then... Then that goal happens, and Mikel Arteta was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like you could literally see it on the replay. He was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Mm. And I don't blame him because I'd have been like, Phew. he's literally tried to cover that right position of Grealish mm. with Ben White and Tommy Asu's let him open. To co- yeah, I don't. Oh. Yeah. I was fuming when I saw it as well because I was literally like, get Tommy Asu off. I like Tommy Asu and I've got nothing against him. But in this game, he had to come off. Um, and I was like, just get him off, just get him off, just get him off. And then literally, as he, I was like, nice, Ben White's on the side, and then boom, it's too late. I was like, fuck's sake. And then I knew the game was done from there. Yeah. Um, it, but even before Grealish had scored, I mean, we still had a really good, we, we still had a good few chances. I mean, there was one from um, where Saka plays it across to Odegaard. Odegaard plays it into Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu puts in a lovely low-driven ball into the box, and then Ketia misses by inches. Uh, that was a really, really, really oh, good Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, as well as when we conceded the third goal, we almost scored the inset because it was that that was when Xhaka had his opportunity, wasn't it? When it was like 3 1. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He had to shoot. He had to shoot that. Yeah. Um, and I think there was just a bit of um, a hesitancy in our game. Like, like because yeah. we, we saw in moments, like, for instance, that, that beautiful move we were talking about earlier, where it went to Saka, where it ended up at, uh, going Saka. to Saka. Yeah. And he just didn't shoot. To the, the weight that the speed and what we got up the pitch was le- electric. When mm. we play like that, we are unplayable. But then when it when we get to the goal, he's there thinking, "What am I doing it?" I think he, he was he was surprised himself like, how quickly he got there. He had to, in my opinion, he's had to he's he's got to just shoot. We've got to, we've got to be a bit more trigger happy. I think. I think yeah. we we're trying to be too cute. That's the one way oh, we're trying to be too cute and pass it into the goal. Do you know what I mean? Like like the Arsavenga days. And it's great and it's beautiful to watch when it happens. But sometimes, because you've got to make you gotta keep the goalie honest. You've got to keep the defenders. Do you know what I mean? Because if defenders start noticing your popping shots from outside the box, they start to to press you, they'll come to you thinking you're gonna shoot, and that's when you can turn a man like if if Martinelli comes in steps inside looks like he's going to whip it into the top right corner then the, the defender would then have to react to that next time he's going to have to stick a leg out and then you can just fake the shot and cut back outside again and then boom you've got the whole byline on the on the box to to deal with but we're, we're not doing it there's there's something there's something that's just been missing in these last few weeks um and I don't think it's sort of tiredness or fatigue or or anything like that, really. I do. I do think the third goal did come down to tiredness and a little bit of fatigue. Because if you if you watch the goal back, Shaka is absolutely exhausted. Yeah, oh, Shaka. Shaka's played what, every minute of 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 our season. I'm pretty sure. Probably, I, don't, I can't remember Arsenal playing without him. I think there might have been a game or two, um, and then we kind of suffered 
maybe I'm thinking about last season. Um, but yeah, he, he looked, he, he, for the third goal, obviously he was trying to, he was supposed to be um, on Gundogan. Gundogan gets away from him, plays the ball into De Bruyne. De Bruyne is allowed space by Zinchenko, who arguably shouldn't, been, shouldn't have been on the pitch um, at that time either. Had the subs been made a little bit earlier, you would have had a fresh pair of legs to, um, I guess, you know, track that De Bruyne De Bruyne a run, although De Bruyne is you know, impossible to track sometimes. But in that particular situation, um, it, again, individual errors. I just, I just feel like you know, had the changes been made earlier, we could have maybe um, had denied them that third goal and then uh, taken the game right to the very second to to, to get an equaliser. We were very close as well to an equaliser because obviously Trossard had come on and he was. He, he he injected quite a lot of energy and he, he does this he's done it for the last every time. few time every time he comes on um and I, i'd be really interested to see how he performs when he actually starts a game because yeah. we saw um obviously Jorginho come on and he wasn't as impactful whereas today he started and he was almost like you know, oh, it, it was better than Sammy. He's good. Um, he was no, he was good. Literally, he was, was good. great. Just, what what I mean by invisible fight. man, it was like as if like you can't, you don't need to see his, that he's there, but he's there. And he yeah, provides... his positioning, his, his positioning was on point. Yeah, his position was was great. The way he shot out Gundogan in that first half, because I was just watching it. I thought it was just it was just incredible because I've been watching City the last sort of few weeks, um, like quite avidly, just because. of in preparation for this game um, and the way that they play especially when they bring Gundogan in because they, they change depending on who's playing but when Gundogan's in the in the game yeah and they and they got a high press what they tend to do is they bring Gundogan down he crashes down uh, in between the midfield and the defensive line to create that that passing route so what they'll do is they'll pass to him Walker will step in or uh, their winger will will come back and step in. And what he does is he instantly shifts it out to the wing mm. from the middle. Um, and then what that does is because the the, the centre mid, has, um, either, he's either been too late to chase Gundogan down. Um, so what he does is that's completely separated the whole centre midfield. So if they step in and they get that ball, they can go in behind where that centre midfielder was. Yeah, And that's how they break into that next level. But what Jorginho was doing he was so quick to react to it. He, they they physically couldn't pass him because he was shutting off the side of him. He he wasn't able, he wouldn't have been able to turn. He wouldn't have been able to, to get the ball and receive it because Jorginho would have just got the ball. Um, and, and, and the way that he was tracking back as well, like he noticed it, then he would know that it was like a dummy and he, the way he was stepping back and getting straight into position was was brilliant. Personally, it was, it was brilliant, but it's just, very, he's a very different player. Um to party yeah yeah um and i guess i guess now the question remains you know what what are arsenal going to do in the summer transfer window um and how important it is yeah how important it's going to be to get the right type of players in because we know that's mad Mm. it's mad but i was being this declan rice has only ever had one injury at west ham and he's only missed one game and that was in 2018 Mm. that's mental isn't it yeah i mean to have an in- he he's been out for a total of one week. Yeah, it's exactly what Arsenal need, really, because but well, saying that a party was only out for two weeks when he was at Atletico Madrid for over like four years. Mm. 
for three years. And then he... Well, it's caught up to him, I guess. And that's the risk that we're going to have to take right. with Declan Rice because right. you've got someone who's been playing from... Do you, you think know... that's also maybe to blame? Like, because it happens quite a lot, I think, especially at Arsenal. Like, I, they must be doing like such intense training. Yeah, like of just course. for a game. Yeah, and obviously, like you have to train hard. Like if you, if you, oh, it's, well, when I used to play American football, I used to know it's the three P's: piss poor practice equals piss poor performance. Mm. Like you have to practice like you're going to play. So I get it, but don't you think like maybe the day before, like you, you should maybe maybe do a half half explosive session. Maybe hard. Yeah, I, I think going into next season, these kinds of intense sessions are going to be maybe less frequent because of, you know, the, the areas that we need to tighten up and try and train the muscle memory to know when to do certain things. True, true. Um, so I don't know, like, yeah, well, with Thomas Partey, it's a unique situation because it's not as if like Granite Shaka is suffering from these same, same types of injuries. And I, and I do think Shaka plays a more of an intense role than Partey does. I think Partey's... Partey's positional integrity is far more like important to Shaka's, um, but also compared to anyone else in the squad, um, no one is able to. I, I I I usually describe him as the glue. No one is able to glue the attacking half and the defensive half as well as Partey can do it. Um, yeah, and I guess you know again that could be another factor for why we lost that game because we just weren't able to. And, Actually, I don't. I don't think we needed to glue the two halves together because we were able to penetrate their midfield a lot easier than I thought. Um, anyway, closing remarks. We're at the end of the pod. We're at the end of the got game. A, got a question as well. Yeah, we do have a question as well. So three one. We we end up losing three one. Um, if you look at the league table now, they are well. They they, they take first. Bock. Does anyone know, by the way, how many weeks Arsenal held first place? Um, I don't even know. Maybe it was like from the fourth week, wasn't it? Yeah, we were up there for a very, very long time. So it does feel a bit strange to see Arsenal in that second place. But, you know, there's a caveat in that. And that's we have got a game in hand. Um, and we've got a what should be quite a simple run with Villa, Leicester um, and the other two games that I've forgotten. So really interesting. It'll be really interesting to see how we respond against Villa. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the question. Yeah. Uh, Ever- yeah, 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 everything. That's right. Yeah, right. Any, any, oh, any thoughts? By the way, on potentially go- having a free uh, horse race for the title, I still find it hilarious that United are somehow getting their way in this conversation. Um, I haven't seen I'll, be real, I'll, I'll be real. Um, if they continue playing it, they're doing, and they're picking up points. They might not play the prettiest football. Yeah, but they're picking up points, and uh, like I said, City will drop points. We're gonna drop points. Um, it depends who drops the most. Do I think they're in a title charge? Not really, but you've got to think about it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, they're definitely they're definitely in the conversation. If anyone's gonna push those two, it's definitely Man United. It's not Newcastle. It's not Spurs. Um. I don't think they're in a title charge, though. Like you said, I don't think there's enough from them. Um, yeah. And we've got to see how they play against uh, Barcelona as well, because that could impact the season. Um, because it could just sort of throw them off kilter, because Barcelona have been playing some unbelievable football under Xavi this season. Yeah. Um, I really so want to play them. 
Um, Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to play them, in the, even if it's in the next round. But I'm yeah, so yeah. confident that Arteta will make a show out of Xavi and Barcelona. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess if if there's one thing that's bought out that's been bought out of me from this defeat, it's that I'm even more confident in our abilities, and I'm even more determined to show everybody, you know, our fans and all the other fans around the world that this is who we are now. We're Arsenal Football Club, and we are probably going to be one of the at one point in the next two or three seasons we're going to be the best side in the world um and we're going to prove it so yeah i'm looking forward to that anyway um got that one question actually. yes yes that's right that question um, go yes. ahead so um it is from afc henry four and he's asking do you think we need an upgrade on ramsdale yeah i know Jacka <laughs> and gabrielle I read that hey, and I was thinking, hold on a minute. <laughs> hey, that's the question. That's the question. Uh, it, it, you know, it came. It came an hour ago, which is an hour after the 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 final whistle had went. So I was trying to fig- figure out um, excuses and scenarios for why you would ask such an absurd question. Ramsdale, for one. I mean, I don't I know. Love I love them. I I think I think. F- f- do you know what? It's it's really difficult to try and define and try and figure out who the most who the who the MVP is for Arsenal. But when we when we think back to where it all started, um and it did start where we were trying to figure out how to play out from the back and we were having a torrid time because Leno just could not for the life of him um deal with the pressure of playing out from the back. And then in came this young man um who had been relegated a few times and he looked a natural, and even today, tonight, sorry, he looked a natural with the ball at his feet, his decision-making abilities. He's a great shot, stop, shot stopper. Um, yeah, he has, you know, he, he had that one moment against Brentford where, you know, turned into somewhat of a meme. But I think he's one of our best players. I think he's one of our most important players. Him and Partey, both of them play incredibly significant roles that no one else can fill. Um, they they carry something with them that can't be replicated or is very rare. Like name me one of a goalkeeper who has the abilities that he's got, who can come into a squad and just change the way we play um, and, and cause so much comfort and ease at the back. You know, yeah, there's not many. There's the only one, two I can think of are both Brazilian and that's Alisson and Edison. Yeah. And to be fair, I do like David Raya, but um, yeah. No, I don't think it doesn't give me a Ramsdale vibes. Yeah, good but, to, Yeah, to, sh- sh- short short answer for the Ramsdale one is no. I don't think we need an upgrade for Ramsdale. Shaka and Gabriel. Now you can make a case for because Shaka we saw today that despite being despite having being on in the form of his life, um, we know that there are still you know bits of his games and really and truly we're only going to be able to see these. Uh, quote unquote flaws in these types of games because when it matters most when we need to get the three points this is where you'll see who has it and who doesn't has who doesn't have it and I'm not saying Shaka doesn't have it but if we had an upgrade on Shaka someone who does everything that Shaka does and just is able to have that extra bit of sharpness then maybe we it converts into a goal like that opportunity that you're talking about where he just doesn't pull the trigger or he takes a, a second too long and there is a few opportunity uh, sorry a few instances where Shaka had himself in really good positions but just wasn't able to just make that pass that split second quicker um, so Shaka I definitely feel like we should 
get an upgrade in the summer and obviously keep mm-hmm. Shaka as well um, as a as, as a bench booster. Uh, Gabriel, on the other hand, what do you think? Mate, I like Gabriel. I've got no issue with Gabriel because let's be honest, name me a better, better left-footed left centre-back. Mm. It's difficult, isn't it? It's really difficult. Do, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't think of one off the top of my head. A left-footed one. Yeah. Like, and yeah. we have to have a left-footed. I, I don't think Gabriel needs to be improved. I don't think Gabriel or our back line is the issue. I think that the, the main issue is just pure depth. We need yeah. more challenges for places, especially midfield. Um, I'm I am interested to see Kivior. Yes, um, but I also do realise he doesn't speak English, so it takes going to take him a while. But I would like to see him. Um, either I want to see him start in the European get European game that we get whoever we draw or. I'd like to see him against Everton, or or do you know what I mean? I I wanna I wanna I just wanna see him. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna see how he how he handles it because apparently he, he he's a very different profile to Gabriel. Gabriel is a strong physical presence, aerially dominant that sort of player. Whereas Kivio apparently he's a he's a bit of a ball player, bit of a ball player, rapid. Apparently he's rapid, like kind of like a Martinez vibe. Yeah. He's kind of got that that Martinez vibe. He, he's he's small, nifty, quite good aerially, supposedly. I mean, I I don't know about you, but I haven't watched him massively. No. Um, so I just want to see him. I just want to see him, really. I don't think, yeah, I think the only one we need to really upgrade, and it's not necessarily upgrading Xhaka, because I still think Xhaka, even next season, could still start for us, right? Yeah. But what, what we need is just, we need four starters we need four starters in midfield let's mm. say for instance we keep part in jacker they're like the old guard right and then we go get rice and uh zuba mendy I, I want zuba mendy over casado i just i think casado's just a bit overrated um if we have those two you've got one perfect future in in zuba mendy and uh rice but you've also got class and experience in jacker and pie if we yeah. have that midfield, right? Let's say today, if like we had a proper replacement for party, like a Declan Rice, I don't think we'd have lost that game. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't see it. Um, but that's yeah. why I'm in. That's why I'm interested now. I'm interested for April twenty sixth. I want to see us how we where we come back and we have Jesus on the pitch because Jesus. What, when is he back? Because he's he's back in training now, isn't he? So he should be back in, dying, in the next two weeks, to, right? Yeah, he started to do solo ball stuff but that's like in his own independent time i don't think he's doing that in training i think he's doing it with his own independent trainer right so he's probably going to be back was you'll probably be back towards the end of uh end of um march wow that's still a while away it's probably end of march or halfway through march yeah um so maybe in time for sort of but like that that gives us enough time because what i think it's is it uh april 4th or some of that we have um liverpool um, let's have a look. April the eighth is when we have Liverpool. Uh, Leeds we have on the first. Okay, yeah, because so, that, that week is on the first. That weekend, Liverpool have City. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Yeah, so there's there's still a long way to go. Um, way. I, I have to quickly remind myself that after the full time whistle went, and even during the game, like, look, we've still got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen more Premier League games to play before, um, you know, that's forty eight points. Uh, which there makes is, it impossible yeah. for us to be a centurion. There can be no centurions this year. Yeah, well, unfortunately, unfortunately not. Like, no, uh, no. <laughs> no, but that's fine. That's fine. Like I said, I, I'm quite confident that Arsenal will go in, on a run now. Um, and I think that we're going to show the world that, you know, this is who you have forgotten or overlooked. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's uh, pretty much everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, I think mm-hmm. I've let out all my frustrations and kind of, I think I've done it in quite a dignified way. Oh, just finally, actually, what do you think about, um, did you hear about uh, Josh Conkey uh, going going into the dressing room after the game? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, so uh, according to our good friend Simon Collins, um, Josh Kroenke was at the game and he went to the Arsenal dressing room after the match. Not sure what was said, but um, it's nice to see that, isn't it? It's good to see that the ownership are still invested and interested in the ongoings of the football. Well, Josh now lives in London. He he, he's, he has his base here permanently now. He handles yeah. sort of um, Arsenal while his dad handles all the American teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's good. It's good to see them at the big games and not just in the cup finals. So um, I think what's key now is to, is to, to is the togetherness. Um, what's key now is that everyone sticks together um, up until you know Saturday at least, and then we win that game and then we you know continue to improve. Um, but yeah, uh, I think obviously there's going to be a moment of madness in the next few days up until Saturday. Everyone's going to kind of you know have their say and come on forest <laughs> um but yeah i think we'll be fine i think we'll be fine so yeah i'll leave it there i want to say myself thank you to everybody who's listened up until this point thank you very much if you enjoyed this episode please do give us a five-star review on apple Podcasts and spotify let us know what you thought of the episode and um, by reaching out to us on twitter you can find us over there uh, by searching up up um at Ask Therapy Pod. I don't know why was that that was so difficult to say. Uh, you can also find Monty over there as well. Make sure you give him a follow and and um, let him know what you thought, uh, whether you agreed or disagreed, or you wanted to add anything onto um, anything he said. You can find him over there at Monty underscore official underscore. You can find me over there as well at Gunner since ninety six. And as always, we will be back for the next game where Arsenal um, need to redeem themselves. Against Unai Emery. Against Unai Emery. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But until then, have yourselves a very good week. Take care and we'll speak to you then. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.